couldn't even finish saying it. He couldn't even say it was straight. Oh, no, you got that completely out of order. Well, that's your perspective. Welcome to the Relational Leader Podcast, where relationships and ministry meet. episode. I'm Kristen and joined always with Randy and it is full of laughs in the it recording studio this morning. I think we should just do a podcast where it's like Randy and I just go off for the next 35 minutes talking about. It might be the most listened one. Yeah, uh, just what's going to uh, come out of their mouth next. Listen, when you're dealing with a couple of Cajuns, you're not going to learn much, but we're going to no, have no. a good time. Oh, it is. It's a good time this morning and we're actually recording this podcast at our we're late recording? conference we are Be- <laughs> oh, behave no. behave and uh we've got randy your brothers here oh, at, who's our, how are you yeah, rick i'm good yeah i mean <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, having too good of a time I yeah think. yeah <laughs> We are having a good time. It is yeah. right in the middle of our relay conference, it is. and so we're having so much fun. And uh, and then to have friends and, and what a always great my brother. This conference, wow! Anybody out there who's looking for a conference where they could be refreshed? Mm-hmm. To be honest, I came in so tired, and then the Holy Spirit has touched me several times. The sessions, mm. just the life giving spirit of this church. Mm. Job well done. Yeah. yeah, thank you, Rick. And of course, you are always here. So, you, well, that's the reason why I think it's, it's so good. <laughs> he couldn't even finish saying it. He it's couldn't like, even say it's it like the straight. Holy Spirit and then Rick, right? That's how it is. Oh, no, you got that completely out of order. <laughs> well, that's your perspective. <laughs> Oh, well, we are going to attempt to have some sort of uh, an organized conversation. Good luck, everyone. For, Good luck. For the podcast. God bless you. But uh, today, but it is it is a great topic. You know, on, on the Relational Leader Podcast, we do talk a lot about leadership. We talk a lot about church and ministry <sighs> and, and pastoral care, but we also talk a lot about family. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a, a huge passion of yours, Randy, as well as your wife's. And, uh, and so that's what we're going to talk about today. Um, Rick, you and Michelle, how, how many years have y'all been married for? It's going to be 35 in a couple of weeks. 35 in a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. And y'all have how many kiddos? I think it's right at four. Yeah, I was like, can you remember all of their Four, and they're all married. <laughs> they are. All married, great people. And, and How'd so you get them far, to my that? grandkids look good. And so... Oh. So that when you move to like Arkansas, Michelle, it they can go like either way. They can marry somebody I'll with no tell teeth. The average person has like 11 teeth and three of them are in their pocket. <laughs> so it's worse there than Louisiana is what you're saying. No, it's, it's really not. I don't know what from Arkansas is living in this. They're really classy people, but you know, there's a couple of them. <laughs> but none of them are in your family. They're no, all they're no. all high class. Uh, so you guys have uh, 35 years of marriage and yes. four adult children, and that's kind of where we want to launch and and talk about today. Um, okay. And it's really this idea of you know how do you empty nest well? <laughs> uh, how do you stay in love with your spouse? Mm when the kids are out of the house and what has that journey looked like for you guys? Well, that has a lot to do with Michelle. (laughs) I can tell you that I I did ask if she was going to be here today because I kind of had a feeling. She would have a different answer. (laughs) It would be much more accurate, I'm sure. 
you know, it's been, it, it has been, it, it's, it's really, there's no way to get ready for it. Because when you have your kids at home, you're getting up every day trying to pastor a church, trying to keep up with them. And, and it's so expensive. And then they get married and they leave. And then you and your wife, uh, it, it reminds me a little bit of when you go on a vacation in a busy season with just your spouse, mm -hmm. that it's a reset. It's like, wow, we love each other. And then when it's empty nest, there's a whole lot of love going on. Mm -hmm. And I mean, you just, I just love, I'm thankful that I married somebody who cares about me, who loves the church, who still knows how to be a good mom. And, mm -hmm. uh, and it's fun to talk to, you know, she's a blast. Mm -hmm. You know, I think though, <clears throat> It, it's hard. People, you hear this a lot. Here, here's where I'm going with this: is that people are so busy raising kids during those seasons when they're young. It's busy in in that regard because you're you're doing everything for them. They can't fix their own breakfast and That's you know true. get themselves dressed and all that stuff. And then teenagers are busy because they're just running all over the place. You're trying to keep up with where That's they right. are and what they're doing. And so then marriages people drift apart because they don't intentionally keep that together right. and so then the kids leave yeah. and they have nothing in common mm -hmm. and that's where a lot of divorce happens all right if that's true for the average family how much busier are we as ministry couples that's right maybe mm -hmm. we could talk a little bit about how you guys even kept the intentionality oh. before you even got because you wouldn't have the empty nest marriage that you have that's now right. if mm -hmm. you didn't do some things ahead of time so, I, I mean, I know we're going to focus a lot on that empty nest side today, mm -hmm. which is interesting that we're actually in that season now to talk about that. I know. It's kind of embarrassing. It is. <laughs> <laughs> but there was preparation that you, yeah. you have to do to even be ready for when that I season know. comes. Yeah. You know, we spent a lot of time. You know, the, the one thing about being in ministry is that it's, it's harder to get behind a pulpit than it is to go to heaven. You know, the standards are just so high. And uh, it's the probably the part that I, I like the least about ministry because you live in a glass house. Uh, you you do have to have everything. It, you just can't get away with, with compromise. But now that it's all said and done, I think that standard, I often wonder if God called me in the ministry because I wouldn't have stayed strong without it. Hmm. Because I'm not only accountable to the Lord, but everyone watching you, a movie you go to see, or mm -hmm. a place where you eat, or that's what so you funny. order. Mm -hmm. and, and now, I think that's, that, that helped me as a, as a Christ follower. You know, we've never talked about mm -hmm. that, but it's funny you say that, because I can't tell you how many times I've been in difficult moments, and I thought, I can't afford, not for my sake, or even my own kid's sake, although that's huge. Yeah. But I was thinking about the people I'm leading, like, I... I can't disappoint them. No. I don't want to be that stumbling block for them. We've never talked about that, but yeah, that'll keep you away we from sin. Need to un I know. We really do need to unpack that further because you know how the Bible says he stoops down to, to do something great in you. I think a lot of times he, he calls people in ministry who, who really uh, can be propped up in a strong way because of the accountability, mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. of the standards. and so. But with that, raising kids... First of all, I just want to say that we're raising our kids. We always wanted them to be friends with whoever they married. So it would not be unusual for us to sit down with them and say, 
Hunter, one day you're going to marry a girl who's going to be best friends with Haley and Grace. Grace, one day you're going to marry a boy who's going to be best friends with Tanner. And then at the end of that whole cycle, we would say, so since that's true, let's pray right now that none of you will marry a counterfeit. I don't I don't mean somebody. They only hung out with people who love the Lord. Mm-hmm. So that's not what I meant. But who is the one person picked for you and man we would pray about it and then i would say so this means if you go for someone that our family doesn't like that we get to step in your siblings get to step in and say Mm -hmm. i don't think that's a good idea that's so funny that's exactly how we did it like seriously like this happens all the time (laughs) you and i do everything alike we don't even know it like it's hilarious man we definitely are brothers what dad said you're probably not my brother i don't believe that (laughs) Our dad, it's a crack joke. Our dad said he has two wonderful boys, but he hopes Randy and Rick never meet them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was funny at first, but it hurt a little. <laughs> but it's so true that, like, we're going to be family forever, and who you marry, we we have to all agree upon that. Otherwise, uh-huh. it splinters everything, and that's very important for your family to stay intact, like you have. <laughs> And inside of that, the secret for us in particular, maybe not everywhere, it's the wife, it's the mom. You know, I think it's a reason why a sports figure will get in front of the camera and say hello to the mom. I mean, I know I have a role, and I know that the man is important in the home. I mean, I'm not certainly speaking against that. But but the way that Michelle or Amy and, and even you, the way you nurture your kids and you know, when my when my kids come in, uh, even now, hey, Dad, where's Mom? You know what I mean? <laughs> what about me? What about... They never say, Mom, where's Dad? You know what I mean? <laughs> so I just... It's true. I, I think that that has a lot to do. I got to give credit where it's due. You know, yesterday we were doing a breakout session, doing family and ministry and all that stuff, kind of around this, and we had our, our kids with us, and Connor said something in that that uh is it, it adds value to that he said you get your identity from your father and you get your value from your mother mm-hmm. come on connor and so wasn't that powerful mm-hmm. that's too bad though in his home <laughs> <laughs> i don't know how he made it he he wasn't saying it was good right? <laughs> oh he was say, just saying my identity is all over trying there. to tell me i didn't do a good job i missed that rick thanks a lot yeah go back and revisit that <laughs> And record it, and we'll let's do it together. I don't need you anymore. I got enough. <laughs> so, so let's talk a little bit about these these roles. There, there are um, roles that mothers play, roles that fathers play, and that adds value while your kids are in the home, and it impacts them when they're out of the home. How would you encourage? Maybe we have a listener where they are a single parent for one reason or another, mm-hmm. um, and so they are in this season. They are role of mom and dad. Um, how would you encourage them um, to to prepare well uh, mm-hmm. as their as their child child grows? Well, Rick and I in, in our home a lot. We grew up in that exact scenario right. with dad not not around mm-hmm. very much, and uh, and we turned out okay. I mean, I know that's debatable. But. <laughs> Check, out of my mouth. Ask Connor that too when you leave. I saw it in your eyes. You saw this. Had to beat you to it. Say a lie when you don't say even. You know. You know. I've been around here too long. It's just. And I say that all of us, whether you're what would be called a traditional family, you have both. 
you know, parents there or it, blended families. And you're like, I only have my kids half the time. They're somewhere else. And I don't know what's being put into them there and different values. Right. Or I'm a single mom or single dad and I'm trying to raise these kids. And golly, I'm missing so much. Listen, God always makes up the difference. And you're yeah. only responsible so for what you have. You can't manufacture who you are not or what you don't have. But God adds to he he is the missing piece and so you have to trust him with that and i just think you do the best you can he is a father to the fatherless and he'll he'll take care of those situations but what you can do is pray i know our mom did she prayed for god to bring men into our lives and the mm -hmm. church is That's the right. best place mm -hmm. for that and in some pivotal times in my life in high school God brought my youth pastor into my life, yeah. my basketball coach. Bam. And I'm telling you, those men made a huge difference yes. in my life. This girl that I was dating at the time, her father was a great role model. And my mother prayed those men into my life. And they really shaped. Like, here I am. I hadn't thought about this scenario in years. But here I am remembering these men that mm -hmm. were in my life at the time that really shaped me. So don't be discouraged, in other words, as a single parent. I'm telling you, God can add whatever you need. I love so that you mentioned mom, thinking about that lady who you described, who's probably out there single, and then you remembered mom. That was a great answer. And when I, when I, I, I this phrase, that go to piggyback on what you're saying, it's not going to really sound right when I say it, but to milk the church for everything you can get out of it in a way. Like, I'm a pastor, and I was in my home, and so was the mom to my kids. But the church helped us as, uh, so much because, like you said, the junior high pastor or, or the man who uh, just took a liking to one of my kids who would pour into them mm -hmm. or take them to lunch and, and ask them, you know, what are they praying about? Youth pastors, children's pastors, associate pastors. And, um, I, you know, the strength of the local church is everywhere. But I think for a family... It's not exactly where they want it to be, like a single mom mm -hmm. who probably went through a really difficult time with a divorce or whatever her story might be. The church is just so, it's just so helpful mm -hmm. to walk into a unit like that mm -hmm. who can just walk through life. Mm -hmm. My mom, we never missed a beat. I know dad was gone and we loved him. He's a oh, good man. He's a great man. But because of the church, mm. we we you know we were focused now so, we did backslide aggressively <laughs> <laughs> but the church was where we ran back to when we realized it's exactly right out. all that was put in us and i think you know if you're listening and you're a single parent say a single mom in this case and you feel like i'm well i'm, I'm listening to this podcast so obviously you're involved in leadership in your church mm -hmm. so don't think of your church as a place where i go to give but you also need to receive and not just yes. receive by being a part listening to the sermon you know i'm in a small group yeah. Take it's advantage community. of what's there. You, you walk it's down family. that aisle. I, I need something this in my life, and the church has it. Mm -hmm. So look for it. Pray for it. You had that with your own kids. And sure that would be, quote, a, a perfect family. People to look at your family and <clears throat> your church and go, wow, my kids would be amazing if, if they were like Pastor Rick and Michelle's house. But yet you still needed the church as well. I guarantee. I, I remember our junior high pastor her name was Amber, and she told me one time, she goes, look, your oldest son, Hunter, is going through a very difficult time right now. Just be praying for him. I'm not able to tell you. I told, I told him 
this would be in confidence or this would be uh, mm -hmm. something I would hold dear to my heart and I tell your family and and she didn't but I was able to pray and right. then my son got through it and a year or two later she told me what it was and Hmm. Man, I need that. Let's talk a little bit about that because we've got a lot of pastors and ministry leaders that are that are listening to this. And if if someone on their staff came to them and told them that, I don't know if they would have responded that would respond that way versus like, no, that's my son. You you tell me what's going on. Like, <laughs> yeah. how how do you um, how did you and Randy, you do this as well. Um, surround yourself with the right relationships where you can trust other people to pour into because that's part of this recipe of empty nesting well is it sounds like you both have have intentionally put the right people around your kids oh yeah and so how have you done that help some <laughs> parents know how to do that well well i can tell you that i have leveraged every relationship and every resource i have for my children to have encounters with god Yes. And I will never shy away from that. I won't I won't hide it from anybody. No. I tell my kids about it all the time because that is my number one ministry. And I would have left the church every day of my life if it meant saving my family. But you don't have to walk away from the church to save your family. I believe you can have both. So that means I used every relationship. I went to kids pastors. I went to youth pastors. I went to other people that I saw that somehow there was a sparkle in their eye towards them or a respect. And I would go, man, it takes a village. Okay. And my kids are a part of this village as well. Such and I need your help so bad. Would you please? Now, I can be honest with you and tell you that there were many of them I asked, and they didn't do a flipping thing. And, and I was so disappointed. And I don't know if they were afraid or intimidated. Well, you're my balls, but I don't help your kids. and what a, I, I don't know really why, but I just remember there were times where I was super discouraged mm -hmm. because I would do that. I didn't really see them doing much with it. But God finally, because I kept leveraging every opportunity I could, and somebody picked that baton up, and they started investing in my kids and spending time with them. Mm. And they wouldn't be who they are without that. Mm. And so if my kids need it, you know, we all need it. Mm -hmm. That's good. You should do a podcast. That's really <laughs> <laughs> we should call it the relational leader. <laughs> yeah. Hey, what do you think about that? Oh, I my think goodness. Sit like, around, have green room conversations. I think angels just came in the room. <laughs> I, I just have so we should do. Hey, we should do. But with that, before I forget, because being a Cajun, I got to stay focused. <laughs> when when I was an associate pastor, Randy was an associate pastor, we learned a lot of these things because an associate pastor has to do all the small groups, all the weddings, the funerals, barbecues at their home. They're always having people over. Mm -hmm. And so you do learn how to be uh, relational in that, that environment. Mm -hmm. But Pastor Larry... He also taught me something when I was youth pastor that I think is valuable. One time his son was having a lot of tension with another kid in the church. And I guess he tried everything he could to solve the problem. So one day he called me. He goes, hey, look, Rick, I need you to help me. My son is having this conflict. I want to have you over. We're going to meet in their house, in their living room, and I want you to walk in with one rule. I don't want you to walk in as being on staff. I want you to come in as a counselor. Mm. We need help. Mm. 
And I was like, is this a trick? Man, this is a setup. This is a setup. It's my last day. But I drove over, and I'm, I could tell he meant it. Mm-hmm. And his son was wrong. And I told him. Mm. And he said, thank you. And he thanked me. That was a he did fire move. me the next day, but <laughs> <laughs> that was a good day. <laughs> but the first day was. No, he just. So through the years, it's not uncommon for someone like Randy. I bet you do it as well. Is when I'm having trouble, when I was having trouble with one of my kids, mm-hmm. if I saw someone else in the church who was acing it with a similar situation, I would ask them to mentor me. Mm-hmm. Of course. Mm-hmm. Sure. Hey, I need some advice, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm dealing with the same thing that looks like you might deal with, but you've walked through it. Give me that advice. I've gotten so many good pieces of advice Mm -hmm. from members of our church Mm -hmm. and it is awkward for them when you ask them to do that but within three minutes they realize you're sincere Mm -hmm. like pastor larry that day Mm -hmm. and then they Mm -hmm. they, they're into it Mm -hmm. so man well so let's circle back to this whole preparation for kids growing up and being out of the house you know we like to get real practical Mm -hmm. here on the podcast were there any practical intentional things that you and michelle did to while your kids were still at home that you feel like man when i look back like this thing we did it was worth it like it it helped set us up to be in the season we're in now and be and still love each other still want to spend time Mm -hmm. with each other uh what what give us one or two what, what are the things you think back on definitely have to throw in family night Okay, what's family night look like? Family night is Monday night. It still happens, but not as it's not every Monday night. Okay. Does it look and different it not than be, it did? Yeah, because not everybody can come. They all have kids, or a lot of them do. And and then one of them lives out of state, and so they, they can't all make it. But uh, my mom is still included in that because she lives in our town. Mm-hmm. And so Monday night, when my kids were growing up, um, it was Michelle would cook, and we would sit at the table. We would do high and lows. Okay. What's going on in your life this week? Your high and your low, and then we would thank God for the high and then pray for the low, mm. and um, and then you could learn a lot at the table. Countenance, who wasn't really with us, and mm-hmm. we we typically wouldn't have the phones at the table. Uh, we weren't the Gestapo on that, but we just said, "Look, let's just yeah, throw it over there, yeah. <laughs> leave and, it at the uh, door." Now I'm keeping my phone, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah have you. I got my watch on. I'm going to check it every every few minutes, but I don't have my phone. And then, you know, so now that my kids are gone because, you know, we started out empty nest, we still just throw it out there. If any of you That's can cool. come by tonight, and then they usually do because they don't want to cook. You know, right. It, sure. You provide a meal, they're going to yeah. still show so up. I don't Mama's know if they cooking. just love us or if they just don't want to no, eat. They just want your food. I know. <laughs> and then, they, they and it. it's a, you know, it, it's a little bit of a mess because the grandkids mm-hmm. are playing everywhere and then they leave. So I've learned restaurants are pretty good if we're tired that day. Yeah. We'll meet you at a restaurant. Mm-hmm. Pizza takeout. And uh, yeah, yeah, Dutch. You know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody bring your credit card. <laughs> you own but your own tonight. Anyway, I just, I love family that, night. I'll tell good. you, something else that we did with our kids, Randy and I learned this in the same season. Mm-hmm. Uh, we went through this curriculum together with these people who would teach on how to raise your kids. Mm-hmm. I don't remember the title, but it was like how to raise your kids without raising your blood pressure. You know? <laughs> and uh, and we learned, we learned first time obedience when our kids were young. 
And there's a lot of ways to discipline kids. Sure. So choose your means. But whatever it is, being consistent. Mm. Uh, instead key, of chasing man. your kids down, stop doing that. Stop doing that. Don't do that. One, two, when I get to three, one, mm. two. Well, what you're doing is you're teaching your kids that don't respond until I'm really angry. Mm. You can rewind that back all the way to the point where it's just a nod across the room. If they can train a, a whale to jump through a hoop at SeaWorld, we can teach our kids on how to take out the garbage, right? But it, it, it's, it's really when you're calm so it doesn't get to a point of conflict all the time, you just teach your kids when they're two and three and four and five, six years old, mm -hmm. that uh, first time. Mm -hmm. We do it the first time. Yep. Mm -hmm. So uh, when we were doing our breakout family marriage and ministry session, uh, Amy came up with this idea, but we broke it down into age groups. And zero to five is the discipline years yes, it is. where you're teaching them how to obey your voice. And uh, that's the first time obedience thing. And we started teaching them that right away because really, even if you think about it scripturally, delayed obedience is still disobedience. Sure. Yes, definitely. And you have to teach your kids early on in life to respond the first time. And, and there's two parts of that. And you aced it on that because you said, you know, kids need to do it. And by the way, kids can usually adapt to their environment. You hear about parents, oh, my kids, I don't know, they're just all over the place. You find out at school, they show up on time, they sit in their desk. Why? Because that teacher has a standard. There you go. Yeah, and good. so a lot of times parents want to lower the standard to the kid when you should raise the kids actually to mm -hmm. the standard. And so... Um, you, you can do that. They can rise up to that. And first-time obedience is exactly that. But the problem usually lies not with the kids. It lies with the parents. I'm going to count to three, and then this time they count to ten. And then tomorrow it's first time, and they That's snap. Mm -hmm. And the kids are insecure because they never know where the boundaries are. So we want kids to grow up secure in who they are and, and being confident in themselves, and we play a huge role just by creating an environment and boundaries that they can count on. Scripture says do not unnecessarily exasperate your children. That's right. And we do that when we change the boundaries all the time. And first-time obedience is what they need, and not just your voice, but the first-time obedience to authority. To authority, too. Like a kid will come home, and they, Dad, I don't like, the teacher. Some some kids play their parents like a fiddle. Indeed. They know just which string to hit to get the parents to call the school to do whatever. Mom, I just something about that teacher doesn't like me and it just hurts my feelings and I don't care. And we would sit our kids down and say, Look, that's good. It's good to have a teacher that doesn't like you. Because life is gonna happen. Mm -hmm. You're gonna have that happen all mm -hmm. the time. Mm -hmm. And uh so you're going to have to figure out how to work. But instead, it. that's with a teacher, a coach, parents call, I don't want them on the team anymore. We, we, you know, <laughs> we're moving to a new baseball club or soccer club or that, that teacher's wrong. Rather yeah. than saying, what can I teach you through this scenario, yeah. teaching your kids, because the world never is in a perfect scenario. Yeah. You're not going to have the perfect job, the perfect marriage. So you have to learn how to adapt, and you have to learn how to learn what you can grow in this situation. And parents don't do that. They don't. They miss that. Mm -hmm. mm. So, so let's, all right. So your, your kids are grown. You've kind of given us some practicals. Let's talk about some sweet stuff in this C 
season to get Rick's people. not that sweet, though. Well, if no. Michelle were here. <laughs> sweet. Stuff. You know, I, I was sitting. Okay. That doesn't work. All right. Sorry. Let me, you got to go over there. Let me set it up. Let me set it up. Well, I was thinking as as we're we're coming to a time of close, you, you may have some people that are struggling in this season. Or you may have some people that are listening and they're like, I'm nervous about this season. So talk about why this season is good. What what do you have to look forward to in this? Um, Because that that changes perspective. (laughs) Yeah, it's just that, you know, I'm in a grandfather stage right now. How many grandkids do you have? We have five. You have five? Yeah. I didn't realize y'all had five. We have another one coming in May. How? What are the ages? Uh, of my kids or my grandkids? No, your grandkids. They're from six all the way down okay. to zero. Okay. <laughs> Almost and, born. <laughs> and they're just, man, I love them. I, you know, I knew that one day I'd probably have grandkids. I was actually afraid I'd be the first grandparent that didn't love the grandkids because I was thinking, what? everybody's totally in it. What if I don't love my grandkids? And as soon as that first child was born, Jack, I was like, okay, I get it. And and seeing all the the, the the times that we prayed for our children and to see them raising kids now and doing some of the same things that we did mm. with the word open. Mm. Hunter, here's a you asked for something sweet. When Hunter, and I've told this story a lot, when he was four years old, uh, he was afraid because he was asked to be in a wedding. Okay. And he was supposed to carry in a Bible and just stand by me. But he was so afraid that day that he was acting extremely weird. And I said, son, are you okay? He said, no, dad, I don't remember how fast to walk in. I don't remember what to do. Oh, and I didn't want to get it wrong. He was, didn't want to mess yeah. up. And so I said, son, listen, I'm doing the wedding. I will be up front. When they open the door in the back, you just got to do two things. When they open that door, you keep your eyes on me. I'll be up front. Mm. And you carry the Bible. Mm. Okay, Dad, I'm going to carry the Bible. What's the other one? You keep your eyes on me. Okay, Dad, I'll keep my eyes on you. What's the other one? You carry the Bible. Okay, Dad, carry the Bible. What's the other one? All day we went through this, all day long. And then it was wedding time, and I was nervous. I didn't know if my son was still on the property. Like he <laughs> was he just behind the door so, when it opened. And then when the door opened, I'll never forget Hunter looking at me. He was just looking at me, and his head was shaking, and he was holding the Bible with all his heart. And he started walking, and he got more and more confidence. And when he stood up, he handed me the Bible, and he kind of blew a kiss <laughs> to the audience. And But later on that night, the Lord spoke to me. He said, that advice you gave your son is good for all of your kids, all the people you pastor. And now I can see it's important to my grandkids. And that mm. is when you don't know what to do, a door is closed that you wish was open or a door is open that you wish was closed, just keep your eyes on the Father mm-hmm. and carry the Word. Mm-hmm. Just keep your eyes on the Father and carry the Word. I think, it, Randy, one of the reasons why I enjoy being around his kids so much is they all have their eyes on the Father, mm-hmm. and they're carrying the Word. Mm-hmm. And it's a joy mm-hmm. to do. It's hard. It's a There's mm-hmm. a lot of tears and sacrifice. Today we only had time to talk about the good stuff. But it, it was it was really hard to raise kids in the fear and the admonition of the Lord. Mm-hmm. Now I see my kids stressing over that as well, but it's mm-hmm. worth it. Totally. Yes, God is It good. is worth it. I tell you from uh from my perspective, because we're not completely empty nesters You're yet. So close. We are so close. Yeah, we have our are. third son gets married literally next week. <laughs> next, next and so week. Emily's gonna get married one day. Shut <laughs> 
That's hey, gonna. This that's, podcast is over as far as Rick is concerned. You're he's out. Probably of, a guy's probably out there. Listening I mean, when right she's now. 35, she can get yeah, married. He, he probably isn't. He better be scared. No. <laughs> he <laughs> better be. You think of the gauntlet he's got to go through. She has three she has older three brothers. brothers. She's gonna have oh, three sister-in-laws, and then me and Amy. Oh, Lord, yeah. I even think Bless about his heart. It's gonna be hard. Bless his heart. But with with us being so close to empty nesters, because Dylan's on his way out anyway. But, and Emily is and then so Emily's grown so busy and, and grown. I mean, she's, she's like a, a thirty-year-old bu- business man. owner, mm-hmm. and yeah. it's such an incredible. So incredible. Amy and I have a lot of free time. We're not raising kids really at all anymore. Barely they even are at the house. And uh, it's just fun re-getting acquainted and talking about dreams and mm. what are you dreaming about still and what are you praying about and what's in your heart. and what, uh, We're just having a good time. Like, we got to know each other. It'll be 30 years this year. Mm-hmm. We got to know each other some 30 years ago before we were getting married, and we're we're just kind of doing that all over again. And, yeah, at the core, we are the same people. Sure. But there's a whole lot of new dreams. And new things that are in Amy's heart. And to discover those again and talking about those and dreaming about them again. And literally, we don't have to worry about anybody anymore. We just get to do what we want to do. (laughs) If we want to go somewhere, we don't have to organize kids. It's like like when I used to travel, I couldn't get Michelle to go with me because she'd have to be with the kids. And now I can't get her to stay home. (laughs) Like... You don't need to go on this show. We're going golfing. <laughs> I'm going. I'm carrying your bag. Aww. She ain't carrying your bag. <laughs> I made that up. You dang straight, you did. <laughs> oh. Okay, yeah, we got to tell the truth. <laughs> That's so good. Well, uh, y'all, this has been uh, too much of a fun conversation, but it has been rich as well. There's been some really great things shared. And Rick, we thank you for, for laughing with us. Um, but also sharing uh, just some life with us and and wisdom with those that are listening. Yeah, I love uh, having my brother around anytime I I can. It's so much fun. It's good. When I meet our other two brothers, I can't wait to see how much fun that's going to be. My dad, I hit a golf shot the other day, and it was to beat him in golf, and he looked at me and said, if I ever meet your dad, I'm going to kick his tail. Oh, well, thank y'all so much for joining us. It has been a great episode. Uh, and uh, can't wait for the next time you're with us. We'll laugh uh, even more. Yes. And, uh, and I don't think we can uh, laugh more. I don't know. No. I'm crying. My stomach's hurting. Yeah, I got to go take a nap. <laughs> Well, listeners, thank you so much for joining us for this episode of the Relational Leader Podcast. Be looking for the next. We can't wait to join you then.